eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome into another victory, Spits and Suds. I'm beginning to say that a lot. I like it. Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shots, D Magazines. The name of his book is called We Win Here. It's always great to talk to Sean Shapiro after a star's win. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really well, Gavin. It's, uh, as you said, we've had to... Stars land has been a lot of, uh, a, lot of a lot of positive around there. And it's yeah. been, I mean, it's been... It's been a really good week of hockey just in general all the way down to i know it's in the sports world and the dfw sports world in particular obviously there's been uh something else that's been on front of people's mind this past week right congratulations obviously to all those in, in in texas rangers land but yeah it's been a really good week of hockey in general not just stars related between i thought monday was like Monday, it's kind of funny. It went right head to head with Monday Night Football and the World Series, but there's a really good night of hockey on Monday. Yeah. Um, this whole week, there's been a lot of really good games. The league's been, even last night, um, there's across the board, you're watching the Dallas game. There's uh, if, even the one laugher was I watched for comedic purposes of watching San Jose, Vancouver last night. Like, it's been a really entertaining week of hockey. And it's, uh, it's it's kind of one of those things where when we're having this much fun with it in October, that's a that's a good sign for oh, absolutely going forward. So. All right, so Sean, think about it for a second as I tell you this story because I want to know if Sean Shapiro has ever covered any victory celebration slash parades based on what's happening today in Arlington, and it's so awesome. And the last couple of days have been a blur for me, but I will say so. The Stars are playing Calgary, and I tweet out during the third period, Sean. I said, we're going to do a quick post game, but if anyone has any questions, comments on tonight's game, you know, just just let me know. So that was the same night that the Rangers clinched. And a great listener tweets me back, and he says, sorry, Gavin, we're not in hockey mode right now. Uh, the Rangers just clinched. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, man, I, that's, I think that's a compliment that people think of me as hockey and not actually my day job. <laughs> I kind of knew the Rangers clinched, and I kind of had to come up to the station and kind of had to work overnight as we celebrated <laughs> and then plan this whole parade thing. So, uh, But if people want to know me from hockey, I'll take it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So tell yeah. me, have you ever covered a victory celebration and stories from it? Because... Even yeah. right now, as we take this program, just under three hours prior to a parade, it's already madness out at the ballpark. Yeah. So as far as covering covering the like, I, I've been at like I was at the Stanley Cup final um, this past spring, right? When uh, or it was in June, so this past summer technically. So I've, I've been on, I've been per, I've been on the ice when the cup is awarded. It's one of or right after the cup's awarded. That's one of the cooler experiences one of the cooler things we get to do in sports media is um it's and i i would imagine it's this is the case with baseball too i don't know for sure because i've never covered a world series champion or anything like that but one of the coolest things that i always love about after the stanley cup is awarded is about 
20 to 30 minutes after the cup's been awarded and they've gone through all the passes to the players and everything like that, they open the doors to the ice and all the families and, and families and those who have been around them get to go on the ice. And it's just kind of like, everyone's just standing on the ice and it's just, the celebration is just like there. And it's just kind of like a surreal moment. And it's the cup is, is kind of moving around from person to person. And it's like, it's such a cool thing. Now that's, uh, that's, that was obviously with Vegas this past, uh, this, this past spring. And, and, and I've, I've done that. Um, went on a more positive Dallas connection. And it's nice that you do such a great job. Sell help me sell books. But in 20, uh, in 2014, when the, the Texas stars uh, won the Calder cup, there was the, they didn't do a, a parade, but they did a victory celebration and, and, and rally back in, uh, back in Cedar park after they won. And it's, uh, they set it up in, in the arena there in Cedar park. They had, I'm sure they'd get some listeners who were there as well. And it's just such a, fun atmosphere where you get the trophy there everything is everything's right in the world right like it's it's one of those it's one of those moments where it's you just you kind of just like you're not worried about you're not worried about what's next you're not what's like so much in sports we worry it's part of the machine of sports right we worry about what's next what's next what's next right it's the moment it's the moment where you it's one of the rare moments in sports where you live in the moment. You're not worried about this guy's contract or this extension or whether this guy is going to, how this guy is going to age. Like it's, it's, it's such a, just a frozen moment in sports that we don't get in sports because very rarely does the sports complex allow us to properly live in the moment. Like that's one of the things that I don't think um, we do enough in sports. We can try to apply it more to an everyday life thing. And we do at times you're like, Oh, let's just, but it's, it's always, what does this mean? And it's, when you're celebrating the championship and you have the trophy, it, you, it's literally, it doesn't matter what it means. This is right. Like you have this. And so um, I'm sure for everyone who is, if, is of course, I'm sure everyone going to the Rangers parade is today is, is they're, they're, they're waiting on pins and needles to listen to this podcast on their drive down there. I'm sure that is everyone's plan. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it, 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 as, as you, as, as of you're course. driving down to Arlington for the, for the, for the parade today, like, yes. like enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, it's there's there's nothing really like it. It's it's kind of it's one of those things where it's very cliche, but that one Stanley Cup commercial I think is great. Where it's the remember that one that's like there are no words commercial. Where yeah. It's like they're trying to they're kind of ask there there's the interview and they try to ask the player and it's just player just like it really is something like that. So yeah, it's uh it's it's certainly special. So I also have a sports curse that's gone away, just a personal thing, and I never talk about it because no one cares, but. In my broadcasting career, I've never experienced a championship. And what's fascinating is moved from Boston to Las Vegas, and Boston then went on that epic run, starting with the Bruins, the Patriots, the Red Sox with a couple of world championships, the Celtics won a world championship. All that happened after I left. Get to Vegas, leave Vegas, then the Vegas Knights appear after I left. And they go on to win a championship. Move to Dallas, no championships while I was here. Then move to Houston. After I moved to Houston, Dallas went and won the NBA championship. No championships when I was in Houston. I moved back up to Dallas, and Houston wins two world championships with the Astros. Well, you got one now. I know. So. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm going to kick back this weekend and actually... Uh, yeah. Enjoy a, a frosty, but yeah. So, all right, let's get to hockey because stars with a big win four to three last night. I had no nails left after that third period. Uh, so I have so many things to talk to you about, about last night's game, this West coast swing. Yep. First off, Sean, are you surprised at the goaltender rotation? Now to its credit, this maintenance schedule that the Stars coaching staff has, Jake Ottinger on, has worked thus far. Scott Wedgwood looked really good last night and has played well this season. So I personally, and when I talked to Craig earlier in the week, we thought it would be Wedgwood against Calgary and then Ottinger against, then we'd start the Ottinger run as far as Edmonton, Vancouver, and then Boston. 
Um, so I'm not surprised by it because it's one of the traditional things in hockey thinking is has always been as a goal from a goaltending perspective. And I'm actually surprised Craig didn't bring this up, but um, the traditional thinking has been you go with your starter in the first game of a back-to-back and you go with the backup in game two. And it's been, that's kind of the backup expects that that's their role. And um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I know for a fact that the stars um, last season, there was a couple times the stars tried it where they went with Ottinger in the second game of the back-to-back and Wedgwood in the first game. And I believe they lost both or all three of those instances last year where it was Ottinger and it was Ottinger in game two of the back-to-back. And so it was kind of one of those things where the stars reverted back to hockey tradition on that thinking. So unless you are having a real clear reason to split it any other way, I always imagine Dallas going forward currently with this tandem, with this goalie coach, Jeffries and with Pete DeBoer as the head coach, you're always going to see Ottinger in game one of a back-to-back and Wedgwood in game two. I just think that's going to be the way it's going to play out after it didn't work out last year. And um, and obviously they, they had success. It, it worked yeah. pretty well. Yeah. The, and, and the other thing about um, both, both, both goaltenders' games and the thing about being a successful backup goalie, and this is something that you have to know, the reason being a backup goalie sometimes breaks young goalies, um, like it broke Jack Campbell, which is actually fitting that they played Edmonton last night. It kind of broke Jack Campbell early in his career. Um, it broke a couple other guys. Is as a backup goalie, you are, you know, you're playing in tough situations. You know, you're getting the nights your teammates are tired. It's part of the job description, and so. Um, it's, uh, to me, it's not surprising the way that they handled that. Um, like I, I would imagine you look at kind of how this plays out and it didn't, it didn't really matter who played which game first and second, because either way, if there was a day off for you could have, you, in theory, you could have played Ottinger last night and played him on Saturday. It did, didn't matter, but I think just for people's context and sake, Dallas did last year try at one point to go with, hey, let's go with Jake second, game two, and it didn't work. And creatures of habit revert back to the old habits. So It was nice on a center stage, and by center stage I mean the country of Canada, with mm-hmm. eyes pointed on Edmonton with Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl to four the country to notice a guy named Rope Hints and that first line dominance last night as Hints is off to a red hot start since being back in the lineup for the stars. It's uh oh that's that's the weird thing, right? It's like it's it's good to see Rope Hints get uh obviously it's good to see Rope go off. Yeah. No matter where it is. He's an I, I love watching Rope Hints play. Such a he's one of my favorite players to watch just from a pure entertainment standpoint. Right. Um, it's also kind of, I think it's important too, to kind of apply some context to where I don't want to be, I don't want to diminish having done this in Canada, but there's a difference between having this type of showing in back-to-back games against Toronto and Montreal and Calgary. I agree. Like I, like I like, you could go and do this in, I would argue doing this against Chicago or New York is just as big as Calgary and Edmonton. And I don't want to dump on the Calgary and Edmonton markets like I am. <laughs> but as as much as the there are good amount of hockey writers and everything like that, we all know that what you do against Toronto, what you do in the Eastern time sure. zone still drives a ton. So, but I also think there yeah. are hockey fans that look at best player on the ice and it was hard yes. to argue against Rope. Oh, last for night. sure. Yes, oh, for sure, for sure. And when you play against McDavid, there's always going to be the there's the natural measuring stick. If you're the best player in a game when you play Connor McDavid, that's uh, pretty good. I mean, last last night was the first night the Stars uh, first night any team held McDavid without a point this season. Like that's that's a pretty good indicator of what the Stars have been doing. That's a pretty good performance. And the the rope hints like if you want to 
get the Ropa Hin Selkie conversation going, nights like last night are ones that become points you use of best player on the ice, dominant defensively, matched up with McDavid quite a bit, and McDavid didn't have a point. Like it's that yeah. is it's it is that type of night. Um I I still it's funny because like NHL awards are are weird, right? And how they vote on them and everything like that. Like I still struggle to see hints. I struggle to see hints winning an award like the Selkie just because it is such a reputation sure. based award all, all the time. And it's, um, and he doesn't have enough people banging the drum. Like yeah. you and I talking about him is great and stars fans can, but, we're not going to have the, we don't have the pull to, to force the, uh, um, to force the the media members in Boston and New York to spend extra time looking right. at them. So yeah, uh, but and it, I, I think, it is I think one, yeah, yeah, I think for most stars fans, what they have to realize is it's it's prove it based on market size and mm-hmm. market mentality. And this isn't an original six city, nor is it a Canada city minus Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, I, you know, it's kind of like on NHL.com, you know, NHL network ranks the top goaltenders. And I mean, I'm not saying that, but Ottinger was ranked seventh. I, personally, I'd take him over UC Soros. I think Soros is playing really well right now. I, but, I disagree with UC Soros. Yeah. I love UC Soros. I love, I love him too. <laughs> but, I love yeah, him UC, too, yeah. but I love my guy. I, I, I love, I love Jake Ottinger, but you put UC Soros on a good team. Like, look what that yeah. guy does again. Like, yeah. that's just like that is. We we can have some discussions about other guys, but UC Saros is okay. one where. What about I Connor Hellebuck? Uh, I would put Ottinger above Connor Hellebuck yeah. right now because Hellebuck so was actually yeah. ranked above Saros. And I disagree with that. Yeah, so, so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting yeah, it, li- list. But you know, my point is, if Jake Ottinger wants to move up the list, or if Stars fans want, then he has to have an elite year again. You know, mm-hmm. and he just has to keep putting up the numbers, uh, which thus far. You know, he's doing quite a good job. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also wanted to mention, Sean, that a tale of two players, because we've seen a rebirth of Mason Marchment, mm-hmm. and I think there's no question that's in part to Matt Duchesne and his play with five points in five straight games. Mason Marchment looks like a different player when he's with Duchesne. Duchesne is showing me his work on the corners. And yeah. maybe I didn't pay enough attention in Ottawa or Nashville or Colorado or you name the city he's been in. But, I, you know, I think, and they were talking about it on the telecast last night, that Matt Duchesne showing a strength that maybe we didn't see before as far as, you know, being a more physical player than we thought of Matt Duchesne because when, you you know, you see him, his skill set is certainly there. But his work in the corner his ability to take the puck away, his burst of speed, his passing ability. I mean, it's just energized that line where now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I'm seeing the Mason Marchman I paid $4 million for. Well, let's let's be clear about something. He hasn't been this player before in his career. Correct. Matt Duchesne. Like, that's, that's the thing where, like, it's like Matt Duchesne, you talk about stuff that is, should probably be a little bit more dissected and discussed is, one of the star's biggest issues 
as a team. Um, and and it's they they definitely find ways to get around it with their team speed and the way they they attack they attack the zone and everything. But the Stars aren't a puck possession team. They're not built that way. They're not built to grind you down. Everyone wanted them to. Everyone they lost to Vegas. We saw it pretty clearly. Like Vegas grinds you down. They're a puck possession team. Dallas isn't a puck possession team. They've got guys who have the physical tools to, in theory, be those guys, but they don't have it in their psyche or they don't do it offensively. Like, um, Jamie Ben is not really a big grind you down in the corners guy. Jamie Ben is big and physical and, 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 and does it in transition, but is not really a low cycle guy. Um, Radic Fox is not a low cycle guy, especially offensively. Um, so the stars don't have guys who are great at protecting the puck and working the cycle down low. Matt Duchesne's never been that guy in his career. He's always been the good puck possession and transition guy. And the fact he's added that element at 33 years old, um, and whether that's, and whether that's a testament to him or the coaching staff or whatever, like I, I, I actually side more with the player figuring that out. Like that's a big thing yeah. because the career extender it's a hundred percent i mean like you look at um if you can find that second arc of your career you can extend it like it's 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 something that uh it was kind of the role that we saw jamie ben's struggles with like jamie ben went from the young buck power forward to he couldn't play that way anymore couldn't play that way that and, and had to find the second kind of arc and he's found that uh joe pavelski's career not that his game really ever changed but joe pavelski continued to find ways to keep his game relevant and and now like um joe pavelski for example it's we talk all the time about the tips and everything like that but one of the most impressive things about joe pavelski and i was talking to a, a scout the other night about this is joe pavelski is the fastest slow guy in the world he really joe pavelski, is yes like joe pavelski is he, the fact he can play with Rope hints. It shouldn't work. Incre- it should not work. It should not. It's one of those where if you put them together in a video game, they could not play together. Right. Right. Like one would be one would be wait. Like it should not work. But Joe Pavelski is the fastest slow guy in the world. And he's made a career that continues because of it. And Duchesne is finding this element of his game of the subtle puck protector, the guy who extends zone time for a team that is not great at extending zone time. And it's really what Mason Marchment kind of needed. Like what, what Gavin, right? When, when Mason Marchment had his best numbers, right? Mm-hmm. It was in Florida. Florida. It was in yep. Florida. It was Third in Florida. Line. And I saw Florida last night. I saw Florida in person last night too, before watching the Dallas game, Florida. And they obviously changed a little bit since Paul Mort with Paul Maurice, but in general, Florida grinds you. Florida gets, they control the zone and, and, and all of those things. And Mason Marchment played well in a system where he had guys who allowed him to float a bit. And Mason Marchment's been able to float. He's been able to be a big physical floater. And that's full credit to Duchesne. Um, like this is the Duchesne edition. It's it's funny because Duchesne, like it's I, I I said earlier, like we should live in the moment, right? But like Duchesne is uh is making himself a lot of money next year as a UFA by redefining his game this way. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, 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 uh, it is, uh, but no, great point on Duchesne. Great point on, on like Marshman. It's, and Marshman is finally, he's turned the corner also a bit of his own too, where I don't think he's gotten, there's a slight mental athlete thing, right? That only Matt, that only Mason Marshman will know. Yep. He has not let the, multiple offside goals called back deflate him. Like I think stuff like that had deflated him last season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you mentioned Pavelski with that sneaky old man speed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On that, on that fourth stars goal. First of all, we do have to give credit to Nils Lundqvist who blocked the shot and went down, but got back up, remained in the play, stood in front of the net, but that breakout. And that's one of the things that we saw last night. That's dangerous. Uh, if you play against the Dallas Stars. If they stop you on one end, you better get back quick, and teams will notice that, and I bet they hold back one of the defensemen um, so they don't pinch as deep as they usually could, 
uh, because they're afraid that someone will get behind because that breakout to, uh, I think it started Robertson to Pavelski. Um, what did I have it as? I had, uh, let's see, hints to Robertson to Pavelski, back to hints, cross ice for the uh, tap in. That was yeah. a thing of beauty. Yeah. No, it's, the stars will sting you. They are such a great example of a counterattack team in that way. And it's, and honestly, against some of the, if you want like encouragement for the way Dallas is built and you get worried about like the, the flip side of every coin is stars are built to find the weaknesses that some of the other teams in the West have built up on like Vegas. They're going to possession you to death. Colorado is a really good possession team. Dallas plays the foil style well that will work against those teams. Now, obviously, those teams obviously have their answers to some Dallas things too. But if you want to look at positives on that way, like there's a, there's a lot there on that. Yeah. I do think the turning point in that uh, third period, I thought the Stars were in control up 4-1. to one, But that matching penalty that they took, they were on the power play. And uh, then it went to four and four. I think that gave Edmonton's a little bit of momentum. And, you know, I mean, when you have players like McDavid, Dreisaitl, and some guy named Sam Gagne who was on the street, my goodness. You know, and, and, and I was thinking of Sam Gagne, and the reason I wanted to bring him up, Sean, is that I give a ton of credit to Sam Gagne because when he came in the league, a lot of pressure, high draft pick. And... While he probably hasn't lived up to the expectations of some, it still has been a heck of a career. He's finding ways to get back into the league. And we saw last night that he does so many things right on the ice. I mean, to me, he was their top player of the game last night. He was incredible. And he was out of a job, what, a week ago? No, yeah, I mean, he played, what, I think he played three AHL games, I think, with... yeah. Bakersfield or whatever before uh, in on a PTO with them like I mean let's be clear he's played a thousand more than a thousand career NHL games that's nothing to sneeze at exactly and that I don't have his numbers in front of you I would imagine he's probably crossed that 500 point barrier before last night already uh like he's a credit to him for a uh, like we talked a bit back, Gavin, right about like when Jordy Ben signed the PTO with Dallas, right? This is that's basically what uh, that's basically what Gagne did with Edmonton, where he signed the PTO, did the AHL deal, and was willing to kind of bide his time and right scores twice last night, gets the power play time, and yep. and wait and and he waited waited for Adam Ernie to basically Adam Ernie basically failed to secure his spot and. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Things pop up and you take advantage of it. 1,016 games played, 521 points. My point is, is to 2007, Edmonton picked him with the sixth pick overall. And I fall into this trap as well. We tend to look at the number, Raddick Fox's salary, <laughs> rather yeah, yeah, than yeah. what they're doing on the ice. And I just wanted to give props to him because, I mean, a grinder. Obviously made a lot of money, wants to stay in the league, though. And, uh, you know, just all heart and hustle last night on the ice. He was a tough player to defend. So it's going to be interesting. Well, it, it, yeah, sorry, Sean, go. Yeah, well, no, just like I would say, like, I just I just pulled it up while you were talking. Like, that 2007 draft class, right? We, we all know who one and two are from scoring on that in, in that draft. It's obviously Patrick Kane and Jamie Benton, right? But after that, like the only guys from his class that have outscored Sam Gagne in their careers are Wayne Simmons, James Van Riemsdyk, Max Pacioretty, Logan Couture, and David Perron, and Jacob and Jake Voracek. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like that's not and there's lots of guys from his draft class that aren't still playing that like most of the 2017, 2007 draft class is out of the league. Like it's uh I know, it makes me feel old, but it's true. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I was I was actually just looking for fun. Yeah. The Stars did not have a first round draft pick that year. Yeah. They did uh they did they did take uh Jamie Ben in the fifth round though, so that yeah. that works. Yeah. But also also the great story of one of my favorite and I've probably told the story in this podcast, but I'll always tell it again. 
at the draft table, the Stars had back-to-back picks in the fifth round in 2007. They had picked number 128 and 129. And as they're at the table, they're getting ready. And Mark Janko has told me this story. And as they're at the table, uh, I can't remember which scout, but one of the scouts says, this pick has the chance to change the franchise. And then the Stars went and drafted Austin Smith. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> so yes. If, uh, if the Stars did not have back-to-back picks in the fifth round, they only would have taken Austin Smith. So it's the it's you, you look at oh, yeah. how, how life changes and how things did. And uh, obviously the, the following pick changed the draft. But yes, not yeah. only was Jamie had a fifth-round pick, he wasn't even the first fifth-round pick. No, so. and, and you know what? We should get into draft day stories. Uh, one day we probably could say that for next summer, but just for the simple yeah. fact, you know, I mean, Jack, you mentioned Jack Campbell, um, playing the backup role last night yeah. and you mentioned, yeah, change of franchise. Frank Provenzano told me the story, former assistant GM of the stars. He was all set. Wow. Cam Fowler's there. Cam Fowler's there. This is going to be great. We're going to get Cam Fowler as a defenseman ready for the draft pick. And all of a sudden, they're picking Jack Campbell, and he's like, what's going on? What are we doing? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So it's just one of those things that stuff like that happens, and, you know, the next big thing sometimes doesn't turn out that way. So uh, big win last night. I did want to point out, because you watched it last night, 10-1 to 1 Vancouver over San Jose. We all oh, know yeah. San yeah. Jose. And you know what? My fingers are crossed because I'm a massive Mike Greer fan. Uh, I was as a player, and I, I'm really hoping he is a successful GM. Um, at the same time, a lot of work to do in San Jose. I know they're rebuilding. Uh, I hope the fan base sticks, you know, with them. Uh, but wow, Vancouver early season scoring punch. Rick Tockett has that team flying. What a test this is going to be on Saturday night. Quinn Hughes is uh, also the yeah. Quinn Hughes is the. Uh, front runner right now for the Norris Trophy. Absolutely. Right? Like like he has been phenomenal. And um Vancouver team I don't obviously I, any game against San Jose feels like a game you have to throw out right now. Like it's just that team is that San Jose team I was talking with someone last night I was texting with someone last night watching the game who was a pretty good hockey mind who I trust and that San Jose team looks like the worst NHL team I've ever seen. Hmm. Um it's 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 incredibly bad hockey team and it's amazing actually one of the most amazing things about that san jose team and i'm curious curious to pull it up while after even after even after the like mackenzie blackwood before last night had a save percentage above 900 like you have a goalie who's going into last night who and, and it dropped to below 900 for the first time but you have a goalie posting an above 900 save percentage on a team that hasn't won a game. And it just shows you're, you're actually, you're not even, your goaltending is actually hiding other issues Oof. as well. Like that San Jose, like they've got one point. That one point was a Mackenzie Blackwood stolen game. He had like 52 saves on 53 shots. Like it was a ridiculous game. And so any game against San Jose, I feel like has to be just thrown out. Um, and not that Vancouver is going to overlook anyone or anything like that, but like you talk about a a chance to quote unquote punch a team in the mouth when they're feeling kind of high and mighty. You score ten goals on another NHL team, yeah. you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. Sure. For Dallas, you have you have a you have a nice little chance to kind of be the to bring them back down to earth and pop a balloon quite a bit here. Yeah, yeah, no, you do. It's going to be a, a real nice test and. Hopefully the stars will uh, be up for it. That is Mr. Gallardi's home ice territory, so to speak. So, oh yes, uh, that will also that that is another emotional element of the uh, yep. another emotional element of the of being the Dallas Stars. Um, yeah. Tom Gallardi owns the Stars, obviously, and Mr. Aquilini owns the Canucks, and they have their uh, they've had their business battles and their their yes. back and forths before, and uh, right. It's one of those things where there's always a little bit of a Tom really wants to win that game. No. Yes. Jamie Benz also always played well up there. Too. He he's really, he's played really well in Western Canada. Yeah. It's, it's a return home for him. He's yep. always really played well there. Um, 
his whole family comes into town yep. for those games. Um, it's a it's it's an opportunity for the the stars here to you to to really. I mean, as of this, as of right now, as recording this, second best point percentage in the West right now. Uh, third best point percentage in the league, if I remember, if I looked at it right now, I think yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, it's third last best point percentage in the league right now. Like, this team is right where they're supposed to be in the standings from what we expected to start this season. Yeah, they're really looking good. And one thing that I pointed out on podcast, Sean, and and last night might be the exception where they were holding on to win at the end. I mean, Edmonton was throwing it all at Wedgwood. Um, this team seems to get stronger as the game moves along, sometimes getting out to slow starts, which you and I have talked about happens for years, but that slow start turns into dominant second periods and for many games, quality third periods as well. So you, you, you kind of want to see that where the team's getting stronger and as the game moves along. And I thought they were in control last night, like I said, until they, took that matching penalty, and I thought that kind of started the change of momentum and most of the second half of the third period was spent in their defensive zone. We have some uh, really interesting questions to get to before we have to say goodbye to you, Sean. Uh, At John K. 33, I'll stand by Foxa all day and have never understood the hate he gets. Well, it's the contract. Let's be clear. It's yes. the contract. Yeah, he continue, says continue, he has a lot continue, of value, continue. plays smart, has an edge, good on faceoffs, important on PK. That being said, the fourth line has looked real good without him. Once healthy, should Foxes see more scratches or get back in? So those that have listened to Spits and Suds, you know, I've told you that I've been critical of this contract. Um, I will tell you I'm still going to be critical of this contract, but I am coming around on Radic Fox's play. Absolutely, I think he'll be back in the lineup. And the reason why, he's so good in the face-off circle. Um, they need him on draws, and I think he's played well this year. The other thing that people just, and I've come, I've written more and more about this. I wrote something about this last week in uh, in D Magazine and um, talking about the fourth line and, and with Ty Landry and everything like that. Too often we look at lineups with this magical health elixir. I think that's just, that's just the, the fact of the matter. Too often we look at that where it's like, Oh, well, this guy's going to this, this like, like when this guy gets back from, from injury, every, everyone else is going to remain healthy. This sport is too grueling too gr- the fact Dallas had eight players play 82 games last year. Yep. That's remarkable. Yeah. It will, it will not happen again. Right. Like last, last year they had, the year prior to that, because I'm pulling this right now, was like they had f- only four players played all 82. Um, going back to the last time there was an 82 game season before that, 2018 19, just sad reminder of COVID and all that junk. But uh, there was only three players in 2018 19 that played 82 games. 2017 18, there was five players, 80 played all 82 games. Not everyone stays healthy. Players do not stay healthy. That is right. just the reality of it. Matthew Shane, we talked about earlier. Matthew Shane has played all nine games this year. It's never he hasn't played 82 games in a season in about seven years. I don't see why 33 is going to play 82 games. Um, Evgeny Dadanov doesn't play 82 games a year. Mason Marchment doesn't play 82 games a year. I, I think we often sometimes look at things with the perspective of, oh, everyone's healthy. Here's this magic elixir. What would it be like if the playoffs? I think right now we're getting a little bit, you get a little bit too caught in the weeds on it of you gotta imagine there's someone hurt every night. I feel like that sometimes gets lost when looking at an NHL lineup. Good point. There's all there's always somebody hurt every single night who was playing who probably could use a maintenance day. Yeah. For that reason, like that's why I wrote about it in D Magazine last week. Like I think Ty Delandria should play every single night. Now, he doesn't have to be on the fourth line, but if Ty Delandria is your third line left wing for one night and then your second line wing the next night because he's giving Dadanov one night off and then giving and then giving uh, Marchman a night off the next night, I'm good with that. Like, I, I think you have to keep looking at, I think the Stars' perspective, this team, for them, Vegas and Boston, those three teams, the regular season, I, I hate saying it, it doesn't matter, but the regular season doesn't matter. The tuna. For Vegas, yeah, but for Vegas, Boston, and Dallas, this season, will for those three teams, only one of those three teams 
um, will potentially have success, and that's if they win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. If Boston, Vegas, or Dallas don't win the Stanley Cup, the season's a failure. That's just the reality of it. So the whole point for, for this team in Dallas, and when you're in that echelon of discussion, the whole point is how do I have the best team for game one of the playoffs through game 22 of the playoffs? And, and, and by so, the yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, by the way, I just did want to insert one of the things as we talk about injuries that you should give a big stick tap to Jim Nill is look at the depth now. Look at Craig Smith. Look at Sam Steele coming in for Radic Foxa last night. Look at who we have ready to come in on you know defense and Joel Hanley if necessary hasn't played yet. Why hasn't he played? Because you know so far so you know they're healthy. I'm sure he'll get a game, you know, so they can rest one of the players. But at the same time, if there is an injury, you got a guy that would played really well in the playoffs last year. And mm-hmm. Sam Steele is an NHL veteran, still only 29, but an NHL vet. Craig Smith comes with a lot of years of experience. So it's that depth. I mean, we can talk about the Duchesne depth, but you got to have that depth on those fourth yeah. line players as well. So, to, yeah, and to give the point, it's the question of, about Foxy. Yes, Foxy comes back in. He should be it. But I also don't think we should be looking at the stars in this spot where someone being healthy scratched is always necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, we have a couple minutes left, so let's run through yeah. these uh, quickly. Uh, Eden Shadlow. And I want to give credit to Eden. I was uh, poking at her last night because, you know, looking at her profile, she had Vancouver Canucks sweaters on. And uh, so I followed up and I I just said, are you Canucks or stars? And she says, I can't lose on Saturday night. So uh, props to her. It has to do with the family. So it totally is okay. Uh, She says 50 shots against tonight, 26 in the third period, 22 in the third against Calgary last night. Our goalies have been amazing. I feel like this team has to do better bringing those shots against down. Is this just on the defense? She spelled defense with a C, which means she is a hockey fan. And if so, is there much that can be done? I did want to ask you about that, Sean, because the last two games has been a lot of shots on goal. Now, to their credit, most of those shots have come from the outside. Yeah, they have. Um, the The Calgary game, I don't have. A, I have less. I have less concern from the Calgary game. Um, I think Calgary was one of those games where you'd like to be. You'd like to be better. You would like to be better defensively in both those games, but the Calgary game, it's even with Ottinger playing well, I felt Dallas played well enough to win. I don't think Ottinger quote unquote stole the Calgary game. I think Dallas actually like, I'm just pulled it up right now. If you look at one of the models for expected goals, the stars were had more expected goals against Calgary. So that's one metric. Obviously I know it's Um, now on the flip side, at same site, uh, just revolving hockey, and they do a good job of tracking things. Like last night in the Edmonton game, they by their model of expected goals, which is kind of a measure of shot location for people who don't know, it's like Edmonton had a 5.57 expected goals to Dallas at 2.89. Like that is a game where the flow, Edmonton should have won that hockey game. Scott Wedgwood was that good last night. There was, um, especially in the third period. So, I I look at I've always looked at back to back second game of back to backs as kind of coin flips anyway, especially on the road. So if you lost that game, you could have just flushed it and been like it's the second game of back to back and you're playing your backup goalie. The fact you win it is gravy. So I and someone could tell me I'm wrong and they could disagree with me, but I I don't really have much worry about letting up that many shots against Edmonton the other night. Yep. You won the game, you get out of there and and you look at and you look at some of the things, but it's also a bit of a story of survival. Yep. You're just kind of surviving the game. So How now way? I will I will say I, I will I will say real yeah. quick that I do wonder if you should have played Joel Hanley last night, just from the perspective of of keeping legs fresh and everything and having an extra body and not using them. But yeah, that's that's just that's another point. Howey asks, who has been your biggest pleasant surprise and disappointment this season thus far? Mm-hmm. I think biggest, I don't want to call it a surprise because I think you and I celebrated mm-hmm. the Duchesne signing. Um, I think he's performed above what 
I was expecting. Um, I know he put up good numbers last year. Um, so I think if I'm looking at a surprise, uh, I would vote for Craig Smith. Uh, I think he's a good NHL player. I think he's been really good for the Stars. Oh, I mean, the yeah, we talked about Duchesne earlier, and we talked about his kind of evolution, which has been great. That's awesome. Um, the one that, and it's, I'm, I'm literally, I'm saying this to be contrarian and get people mad, but it is actually true. Like Ryan Suter's been good. Like I know yeah. people, I know, I know yep. there's a lot of people who are going to be, who, who, who get frustrated with his play and everything, but his time on ice is down below 20 minutes. Pete DeBoer deserves credit for kind of better managing him. And he hasn't rocked the boat. Like, like he could. I mean, honestly, Ryan Suter, we've heard stories in the past about how he is can he's a proud player. He wants to he's not someone who is going to take a demotion lightly. And this year he's down to obviously we'll see how it but he's he's under twenty minutes a game. Now it's only been nine games, but he's under twenty minutes a game, average time on ice in his career, for the first time since two thousand five. Mm. You're talking about a guy who has at the peak of his career was averaging 2930 a game back during the 2013-14 season. So he has taken a role demotion, has not let it rock the boat the way that possibly could, and the way some things went down in Minnesota at the end. And I I think you have to give credit where credit's due. He's being used more properly. I know people look at the lines and seeing playing with Miro Heishkinen and everything like that, but to me Five on five pairings don't all aren't always the best representation of usage and, and where guys are on the depth chart. That's why yeah. I think sometimes line charts give a bad give it don't give a great read on. Well, this. just just um, like we yeah. and you know uh, uh, yeah. a listener pointed it out. You know, kind of worried about Hawk and Hawk on the five on five. You know, I mean that penalty kill and he's the massive part of it has performed extremely well, exceptionally well, one of the better in the league. So, um, you know, but. Hey, you can't have it all. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be ups and downs. But the bottom line is, is I think we should all take a step back and say they're collecting two points, and they're collecting yeah. two points a lot. And no matter what, when you go on the road, like if they lose on Saturday night, four out of six, it's a nice road trip. Yes, that's it's. Kenny Hockenpah um, too is like it's. I know his five on five play or whatever. You're like it's not as good as his penalty kill. He's been really good on the penalty kill, but the stars are, are net even with him at five on five, six goals for six goals against, like, it's not like they're getting caved. I mean, right. The, I mean, he's got the only player as of right now with a negative goals against with, this is testament how good the stars are right now. The only player who, and this is actually wild. I didn't know this. And this is funny because we were talking about him earlier. Um, if you had to guess, Gavin, you probably you may have had the hints now. Which there's only one player on the team right now who has been on the ice for more goals against than goals for at five on five. Ooh. Uh Esselindel. Radic Foxa. Ooh, interesting. And here's the other thing. This is the thing about Radic Foxa. We were talking about how his role and, and what he's been doing and everything like that. The Stars haven't scored a goal with him on the ice yet at 5-on-5. Five five. They've only let up one goal with him on the ice at 5-on-5. Five five. He's tied for the best defensive performance of any forward at 5-on-5. Five five, but they also haven't scored with him on the ice yet. So it's it's an interesting it's an interesting little nugget right there on Radic Fox. Yeah. They didn't play the last two games. But the Stars have not scored with him on the ice at 5-on-5 five five yet. And that's a testament to you talking about coming around and defending him. You're defending the guy who hasn't been on the ice for a goal four. That's good. Wow. So, <laughs> Wow. Well, you are a beast, sir. And it's EP ringside. It's Shap Shots. And everyone go support Sean. Uh, love him on the podcast. And kudos to you, Stars fans, because got the numbers recently. And guess what? Now that the regular season's kicking off, there's some serious growth going on. So, and as you've probably seen, we're trying to put together more podcasts to bring you even more content. So tell your friends, subscribe to Spits and Suds, 
Um, we got to get in the top 100 as far as hockey shows in America. That's my goal. I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> sit on the outside. It's just a Gavin thing. <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, let's do that. We got some real cool guests coming up that I'm uh, I'm excited about. Um, Sean got some really good feedback on David Castillo from D Magazine, your partner in crime. So um, that's been cool having him on as well. Luds, um, Sean is the star of the show. I'm just a guy who enjoys talking hockey, and I appreciate you, Sean, for joining me today. I appreciate it, Gavin, and I will choose my uh, final uh, parting shot here to, A, say thank you to everyone for listening, and also, just because I think more people should bring it up in sports media whenever possible, um, hopefully, if anyone's listening who has any control over what's happening with Valley Sports, um, that's been absolutely ridiculous, and I feel for not only Stars fans, but hockey fans in general, because it sucks. So yeah. I will use my kind of final platform here where to to bring that up because I feel like it should be mentioned as much as possible because I think it's absolutely atrocious customer service that on uh, it's been about three or four games in a row now where there's been app struggles to get the game done and everything yeah. like that. And I know there's big business things happening in the background on that, but it's it's ridiculous. If I it's, if I was the NHL, ridiculous. I'd come in and say, okay. You know, if you want to do this, then then list lift the NHL blackout restrictions so that if someone wants to watch the local team, they can sign up for NHL Center Ice. Yeah, yeah like there there needs to be something done here. And yes, yeah. I think um, so. But I so I it's important that we not let that agree fall by the wayside and bring it up. So that's why I say that. No, so. absolutely agree, my friend. Look forward to talking with you again. Big week coming up. We got Vancouver. We got the big bad Bruins coming in on Monday, and those that's Bruins. Be, we, we that's that's going to be a good one. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching yeah. that one on Monday. Remember, I got pushed Dallas. down last year after they <laughs> the Stars <laughs> lost. <laughs> I, 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 oh my, I had two Bruins fans standing over me. I needed, yeah. I needed my yeah. Stars allegiance in that section to come help me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think we, that's, that's a big one. You talk about measuring, measuring stick game. Yeah. Um, and even the Dallas has had one quote unquote big measuring stick game so far against Vegas. And they lost in a shootout and I don't really count that as much of a loss. I count that as two hit posts. So they, the stars big measuring stick game on Monday against the Bruins who they're for real again. And honestly, it's going to be, a. I don't know the start rotation for Boston right now, but just as a goaltending fan and as an American, we talked about great goalies before and we're the future of goaltending. I, I'm looking forward to a potentially uh, Swayman Ottinger showdown because those are two. You talk about the, the state of goaltending in the United States and everything like that. Those are two guys who are. I'd, I'd love to see them head to head. So I, I hope that's how the the, the yeah. I hope that's how the Boston goalie rotation shakes up for yeah. going, going into that game. Absolutely. And later today, just for Stars fans to know, we'll be releasing it on Sunday after the Vancouver Scott McLaughlin, who covers the Boston Bruins, will be joining me. So we'll release that edition of Spits and Suds on Sunday. So you'll have all day Sunday and Monday to get a nice preview of the Bruins game. So that's going to do it. I got to let Sean go. He's got work to do. I'm Gavin Spittle. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much. Stick tap to all of you for supporting Spits and Suds.